listeners welcome one more time to our episode and thank you so much for sticking with us we look forward to um, having you for our ongoing episodes so today we've got an interesting episode planned for you um, my husband and I will be discussing perspectives um, exploring the body image um, stories we were talking about in the prior episode I hope you've had a chance to listen so yeah we're just gonna dig deeper a little bit and uh, at this point i'm just going to take a short break and introduce um um, introduce him and then we'll uh, get right to it all right sit tight and enjoy thank you hey steve i've got a few questions for you to understand body image uh cultural differences and uh, yeah uh you want to say hello to the listeners first so it's not too strange hi grace (laughs) long time no see (laughs) Uh, hi listeners. Hi everybody. Uh, yeah, I missed a podcast. I think I'm catching up on the, uh, the topic, which was uh body image. Uh, yeah. So, uh, oh, really quick note to, uh, I think the last one we did was talking about, uh, folklore and I, I was sitting with Imani in the pool and, uh, you know, all of a sudden it just hit me like this realization. It's like, oh, no, I didn't talk about like American, Native American folklore, which is really rich in history. <laughs> and I feel like a really terrible person that I didn't mention that we actually do have really great Native folklore here, uh, tribal mm-hmm. folklore uh, in the United States. Uh, uh, yeah, and I, it, it never, it, I, I think I talked about European, and then I, I didn't think about the, the Native American folklore, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the episode you missed, the last one, I also touched on uh, folklore. So, yeah, mm. if you want to dig deeper a little bit, um, you're pretty flexible here mm. into, like, Native American folklore. That sounds I, really interesting. I, I, I don't, I, I'm going to have to read up on it. I don't know a lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I just, I felt bad I didn't mention that it was there. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, no, we can, uh, let's do the uh, the body image stuff okay. today. So that's a teaser for another time. We can <laughs> uh, dig deeper into Native American folklore because that's probably the like where the scope is in terms of where um, what's Columbus guy? The guy who apparently guy. stuck a flag in America. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he may have learned a few things about the Native stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was uh, in Hispaniola I think is where he landed. Um, not the, the first person here. I think the first person was, uh, the Vikings. The first European person was the Vikings. Um, but, uh, yes, I think Eddie Izzard had the famous quote of Europe took over the world through the clever use of flags. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no flag, no country is what he used to say. So, uh, yeah. All right. So talking about body image, I'm very curious because you've talked about, Oh, sorry, that's fireworks. It's the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everyone. <laughs> she said sarcastically. <laughs> you are not a fan of the fireworks, are you? <laughs> Gosh, it's so noisy. Oh. Uh, we, we need to do um, an episode on uh, holidays, like a, yes. your, your version of holidays and our version of holidays. Yeah. But uh, let's get to the topic at hand. Uh, we keep, you know, like outlining 12 episodes. We'll never get to work. Who's taking notes? <laughs> yeah, we need uh, somebody to take minutes. So. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Steve, I always imagined you are like a joke when I look at your high school pictures. And it sounds like you went to school for like basketball scholarship. And um, mm. I remember when I first met you, you used to frequent this sports club. And uh, I joined that sports club. Um 
soon after and i would just hang out in the hot tub and didn't do any actual workouts but <laughs> yeah. you used to be the one who says oh today's um walking out my neck i'm walking out my i don't know <laughs> my chest i'm walking out my legs like there's just like always these weird things that i had never heard of you've never heard of a neck you have a glaring lack of anatomy knowledge <laughs> i've never heard of these things before <laughs> no like exercise people they have very mm. like um, professional terms for just like the behind like glutes <laughs> yes it's like, i'm walking yeah. out my glutes it's like okay uh, that was very different <laughs> my, yes. i would just like hung out in the hot tub and i would just like be entertained uh, yeah as you walked out uh-huh. so i'm just curious mm. as to whether that is a typical teenager's sort of uh, american teenager's experience to just like wake up and be to grow up and be very conscious about working out and be part of sports. Oh gosh. Uh you know, it was uh I was discussing this the other day uh, on on Father's Day. I was talking to our friend Josh and uh we were talking about uh small schools, uh rural schools as which is where I grew up. Uh I had a class of I think uh, it was like 100 students in my class. It was a very small school. Uh, so it really didn't matter what I picked up, but you know, there was a, a one in a hundred chance I'd be the best person in my class <laughs> at that, that one thing. And I was, you know, the tallest person. And so like, I, it gave me a lot of, you know, like it, you just like be one day, Oh, I'm just going to work in the print shop and you'd be the best person in that print shop, <laughs> uh, just due to lack of competition or, you know, I was the best at cross country. I was the captain of the basketball team. And I, you know, I w- had some records that I broke in like track and stuff like that. But, I mean, if you're competing against, like, five other people, you know, it just, you get a chance to kind of do all that stuff. And it's very good for your self-esteem and things like that. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, a lot of people that I grew up with, were uh, they always active. Everybody, like, kind of played a sport or mm-hmm. they, they marched in band or they did, they mm-hmm. did something. Um, uh, yeah, because it, it was very rare that somebody just didn't have an extracurricular activity, and mm-hmm. most people were just doing some type of sport, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and there's there's a lot of options, um, you know, tennis, basketball, wrestling, you know, there, there's, there's quite a few, so um, I think in, you know, rural communities, you need something to do, uh, you know, there, there's not a lot of options outside of, there are, but there's, you know, especially nowadays with the, uh, the internet and things like that, but, you know, pre-internet days back when I grew up, you know, with horse and buggies and things like that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, we didn't have internet, so, you know, sports were just something to do with, in the absence of anything else. Mm-hmm. So did that become a big part of your identity or that was just mainly um, something that shapes, does it current, how does it shape your current sort of how you live your life these days? Oh, that, that, that's a great question. Uh, and it's kind of interesting uh, with uh, my brother. Um, we, we kind of had similar paths. We were very excited about sports, we were excited about athletics. Um, and, uh, he, he played all the way through college and basketball and I played, I think through my sophomore, sophomore year, I think a little bit my junior year. And, uh, you know, he got burned out and I got burned out a little bit earlier. 
but but at the same time he's a little bit older than I was um and uh I think it, we went in kind of different directions when I got burned out of playing organized sports mm-hmm. I started to do things that I particularly enjoyed like I still like being active and things like that and working out Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I didn't have that negative association. And he, he kept that negative association of organized sports and having to work out all the time. And he just mm-hmm. was rebelling against it. And he, you know, he got really big within a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, he, he, to this day, he's kind of kept that, that little bit of weight on, uh, he's not, I mean, he's not really big, but, uh, he's, he's never really had that level of athleticism. Uh, and me, I kind of, I took it as an opportunity to say, okay, I like being active, but I don't like being told, you know, like I have to oh, run yeah. this drill, I have to do that drill. I, so mm. I started pursuing other things like mountain biking, uh, triathlons, uh, mm. neck day, as you described it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually have a neck day, but uh, I do like uh, weightlifting and things like that. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, just part of it's just habit. Part of it's just like it just feels good. It's kind of my stress relief and things mm. like that. Yeah, apparently, um, according to lots of research, exercise is a great way to uh, relieve stress because um, I think I remember reading one time, I, uh, don't quote me on this, but I thought it was fascinating. So I remember like, just what message, I'm paraphrasing the message I got from this paper. Mm-hmm. And it says that... In the abstract. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the paper, yeah, in the abstract of a paper based on research. And they were saying that um overall paraphrasing that uh, apparently um the stress that we have maybe from like a busy work life or uh just like your daily stresses like being stuck in traffic and yeah. all of those things um in our sort of lizard brain um we are stuck in like that setup of like your lizard brain is telling you fight or flight or freeze and um by not like living a sedentary life um keeps you trapped in that mindset so it doesn't have like just like the basic sort of knowledge to process and realize that it's not a lion chasing you Mm. um that is causing that stress and causing that you to feel that way but it's just something that you cannot you cannot run away from the stresses because in your rational brain you know it's not something that is actually like a major life-threatening existential threat Mm. and so apparently exercise is a great way to remove that energy that is trapped in your like lizard brain or whatever that is like it just kind of yeah yeah, so apparently it's a great way to uh, relieve stress and curb um anxiety or depression Mm -hmm. um and so Maybe, yeah, I, that encouraged me to run for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you did great, yeah. Yeah, no, you, I, was, I was thinking as you were talking about the uh, the lion, why, why everybody always uses the example of like a lion's chasing you. you, you <laughs> I, I've been on safari with you guys and you basically have told me, don't try, you know, might as well just like give up because the lions, you don't, you don't outrun the lion, the lion just gets you and that's it. <laughs> they're, they're too fast. Uh, unless you're Maasai and then they're scared of you. Uh, yeah, they're, I don't know, it's an interesting association. Um, in, in places, there's this big national park I, I don't know if it's a national park or a game park. There's a difference, I think, in terms of the expansive land versus whether it's fenced in or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's inside Nairobi, which is the headquarters, and it's like one of the strangest things. People think, oh, you have 
and like a national park with lions and all of that in a like the big city so right. it's in nairobi and um some places are getting more urbanized and so it's moving towards like some of the rural places so mm. because of urbanization so um i forget where this place is i just i don't want to state it and be wrong but it it might be closer to where the airport is so further towards that area where we went so mm -hmm. we came out and um uh i recall that one time in the news i saw that uh, people were calling the kenya wildlife service because their kids would would have to walk to school and have sightings of lions because um oh, no. they're probably walking an hour to school uh, every morning and because it's gotten so much like the urbanization has kind of encroached on where the lions are uh, and uh yeah so it's getting to where it's like that coexistence is becoming a little disturbing for the communities the maasai communities but then apparently um this uh Masa they, whenever they came to sedate the lions and take back in mm -hmm. um these uh they're just like local regular men like with like the maasai clothes i actually talked about the maasai clothes in my uh previous episode mm. they're like very colorful checked they're very like distinct um, so to, to hunt the lion they put the maasai clothes on to, to freak the lion out essentially or to tame the lion no uh it's not like they Put, that's not their purpose it's just like their way of life a lot of them have those clothes oh okay and so uh because they live so like they have cattle and they have to protect their cattle from lion attacks and they just have kind of i think lions have learned to notice them and know that because they value their cattle so much mm. they are not gonna go down without a fight if a lion tries to eat their cattle mm. and so like it, it's one of those. Uh, I think, um, if you're with a Maasai in those sort of that setting, people feel more safe because they feel like the lions recognize them mm. and try like they don't necessarily attack them. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if there's an actual like I don't know significance in terms of p values that has research has been done. That's just word of mouth. Yeah. Um, from a lot of locals, they say that like whenever mm. they're walking around, they bring a Maasai in those traditional garb, and they don't notice. Like they feel secure about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. Um. But yeah, I, I think we've segued a little bit. But <laughs> it, yeah, that reminds me of another topic about um physical activity. People mm -hmm. used to when I first came to the U.S. and uh, people were like. Oh, you're from Kenya. That's interesting. You're probably a, a really good runner because right. a lot of Kenyans take the like scoop the marathon prizes. Right. Yeah. And um, I used to feel sad for them, my friends, because there's a friend of mine who even got me like running shoes. She's like, oh, you probably have flat foot. Like I, she'd she'd try to run with me, and I just couldn't keep up. Like. You probably have this issue or yeah let's we need to get you the right shoes we need to get you the right outfit you need to like, <laughs> and then eventually i was like i'm so sorry i just cannot like, right i cannot run and they must they're like kenyans who can run are from mainly one tribe <laughs> out right. of 42 not all kenyans can <laughs> run <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh when i first came to the u.s i noticed a lot of people regularly run mm -hmm. 
and you and regularly exercise yeah and so yeah i thought that was especially you like exercise a lot uh yeah <laughs> um when the the outbreak hit um the the time that we had to exercise because we had that gym then that got closed up and you know i was trying to run the morning that just got you know, swallowed in uh, other activities and stuff like that. Um, but uh, it was interesting because I, you know, I was in okay shape and I, I'm in better shape now because I was like, you know, it's like, I was like really sad, dude, checking myself out in the mirror. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in really good shape. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, like it just happened. I was just looking and I was like, oh wow. Um, and I realized that um, when, uh, before the virus hit, I would go out and I'd work, uh, work out in the morning, you know, I'd, I'd be one of those like four thirty guys, you know, uh, listen to my book on tape or audio book, on tape, but audio book and, um, go work out. But then for the rest of the day, I'm just like sitting and working and reading and writing mm-hmm. and EDC. Um, and now it's, I, I still have that stretch of like working, you know, like six to eight hours in the mm-hmm. day. And then, you know, the rest of that time is holding the baby and going wherever the baby wants to go. And I'm up <laughs> on my feet, you know, with about 30 extra pounds strapped to me. And I, yeah. you know, and we, we're not really passive parents. We're always, like, taking him out and doing stuff. Yeah. We're always out in a park or swimming or we're going somewhere. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I think that I've kind of, like, my exercise now is just baby time. And I think we were joking the other day, like, how do you get a dad bod if you're having to move the baby around all the time? Yes. Yeah. You're like, what is this dad bod? Is it like a, a like a very uh, sculpted body? Because you're always lifting the baby, especially like toddlers, you're running after them. Right. Like, no, no. It, how do you get a dad bod? Dad bod is kind of like out of shape. It's uh, <laughs> You got a little bit of a paunch, your arms are kind of small, and you got like a small chest, and kind of a big belly. Yeah, yeah, that's a dad bod, Indy. You got what's, what's called like a, a beer belly, um, <laughs> which I, I guess like uh, that's not actually, I mean, there are calories in beer, but uh, alcohol like does something different. It's not the alcohol itself that causes the weight gain. It's it's something about like it's affecting your appetite and mm, how you take up nutrients and things. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, regardless, like, you know, there is a correlation, not causation of if you drink you might kill a little belly but yeah wow yeah and uh, so you were talking about uh work versus you've taken the parts Mm. of exercise that help you to feel um pretty upbeat and uh, feel like you're in good shape and i remember you telling me a story about somebody um at work when you were at stanford oops I I said what okay, I'm not gonna say who it is, but somebody saying, "Hey, uh, there's this football-looking guy," <laughs> <laughs> referring to you, and you did not take that as a compliment. Well, but... it, it was um, <laughs> it was the fact that uh, it was a uh, a research colleague and. Uh, and I have, like, you know, this really, like, I'm proud of my body of research that I've done. <laughs> and they were talking to other medical researchers, and they didn't introduce me as, you know. Dr. Kogel. Yeah, like, didn't introduce me as Dr. Kogel or, you know, a very 
uh, or you know, data scientist, bioinformatician, or just regular researcher. They just said, yeah, he was a big football-looking guy, as if I was just, you know, like a part-time bouncer or something <laughs> like that. And, and there's nothing wrong with being a bouncer. It's just that you know, <laughs> if you were, you know, like a fellow bouncer was describing you to other bouncers, and they said, oh, you know, this is a computer nerd over here. <laughs> you know, like it would be uh, weird. Yeah. In this. In that particular crowd, your identity is you're a bouncer. But in this crowd, you felt like you were stripped of the relevant identity. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, you you know, <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it was uh, just kind of one of those things of, um, yeah, I don't know. It was <laughs> like my physical appearance was preempting what I was doing, which was kind of a weird thing for me. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So is it similar to feeling objectified? Because, I mean, I thought, how is how do men take being objectified? Oh, gosh. No, no, I, I wouldn't say I felt objectified. Uh, you know, mildly uh, irritated, but, uh, you know, I, I it's not like something that was like systemic or anything that's happened to me multiple times or, you know, it didn't really have like a, a huge impact on my day. I think it was just kind of a little frustrating. <laughs> oh, frustrating. Okay. Yeah, but huh. uh, to, to go to the limit of saying objectified, no, no, no. That's I, a stretch. Okay. That, that's a stretch, yeah. I, you know, I... Yeah, like I said, just, it was just mildly irritating. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, but, I, I can uh, see that. So mainly just that the fact that in that crowd, your identity was what you brought to the table and you're being right. introduced by how you look. I, you know, there's not really... Yeah, everybody's had that situation um, where people have made, like, snap judgments about you mm. based on appearances. Yeah. Whether people want to or not, you know, yeah. we have to make it through the day. And uh, mm. so we tend to, like, block things and try to, you know, put people into a category based on, like, really quick judgments, for better or for worse, mainly for worse, you know. But uh, so you, you can't really get too up in arms if people are willing to like you know get to know you a little bit better but yeah you know i think <laughs> like a service level description of me is yeah i do the you know a football player guy Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do you sometimes think that by that people don't automatically think you're a typical programmer you know the the role of the the programmer, and this is something I realized in Silicon Valley, was that, uh, you know, the programming has become so, not even just programming, just like computer science has become so ubiquitous that it's really a very heterogeneous crowd. I think at, at one time it was kind of a very, you know, you, you'd have expectations of a person if they were, you know, a, a data science or a computer science person. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think that, uh, that's just, it's so ubiquitous, you know, that, uh, anybody, could. anybody. Yeah. Cause, yeah. uh, I think Mike seek, uh, no, I can't say names. I can't. Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to edit that. Uh, that wasn't the full name. So, I, oh, but, that's uh, not the full name. So yeah. Yeah. I don't the, think anybody can figure it out. Yeah. But, uh, he, um, he was telling us that, uh, one of his, uh, people that he worked with at a, a big company in Silicon Valley, won't say which one, mm-hmm. um, was a uh, was also like a, a part-time fitness model. 
Um, oh. And so, you know, they, they were going to the movies and uh, oh. he, he had like, he had like, packs of chicken breast that he was eating while he was at the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he had to sneak that in. Uh, yeah, I think he did. So yeah, I'm, I'm almost essentially know. telling on him now. But yes, <laughs> he, he was just eating like chunks of chicken while he was watching the movie. <laughs> and, and, you know, I, <laughs> as much as my career as a fitness model is getting ready to take off, you know, with all the neck days I'm doing, I'm not going to give it my movie popcorn. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah, you were talking about lifting Amani around, and yeah. I've seen videos. I mean, I'm, I'm here too, like, but we've taken like logs of him kicking a ball around a yeah. lot. And, uh, yeah, what do you think? Since it's such a big, it, it seems like it's such a big part of um, culture in the US for kids to take part in sports. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about uh, Amani, our son? Um, he's only like, 18 months right now so we oh, have yeah. a lot of time to decide yeah. but uh what do you think about him getting into sports uh, and are there some sports you're averse to and why <laughs> uh it, it was funny we were um there with our neighbors and they're watching him kick the ball and mm-hmm. uh and uh, you know me and you we're active we go out we hike we do stuff but me and you don't really follow sports you and I, I shouldn't say not me and you. You and I don't follow sports. We don't watch sports. We, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's just it's a bit boring. To be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think me and you, you and I, have watched like the, <laughs> the Kentucky Derby. I think is the one thing that we watch because yeah, it's it's, only like two minutes. it's two minutes. And you it's can over. make some great snacks, hang out for the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that's the extent of our sports knowledge and. Uh, there was uh, our neighbors were very big into sports, and they they're just analyzing Amani, you know, because he's <laughs> I, I'm very tall, like, you're you're taller, like yeah. you know, they're they're wondering how tall he's going to be, they're wondering yeah. if he's right handed, left handed, they're watching throw rocks and <laughs> kick the ball, and they're wondering, you know, is he going to play soccer? Is he going to play baseball? You know, is he going to play sports? So the uh, the that that's something that parents do, and my my mom's the same way of just you know like saying somebody's going to gravitate towards something which is like a little modicum of evidence. <laughs> like, I, I think uh, my, my mom was watching my niece and she was dancing and she said, you know she's going to be a dancer. She has a rhythm in her soul. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's like three or something. Oh yeah, very, ridiculous. very young. And you know, I, I, I'm not sure what she had in her soul at that time, but yeah, yeah I don't... she'd probably change her mind like immediately. Yeah, I think she cook she gravitated towards swimming is where she gravitated towards. Um, and uh, for me, any sports that I'd be adverse to, uh, you know, with football, um, I, I just I've seen people get injured. Uh, the new studies come out of just the the serious toll it takes on your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, all sports are going to take some type of toll on your body. Um, except maybe darts. I don't know. But mm. uh, <laughs> What about swimming? I don't know. Uh, swimming's not too bad. Swimming's pretty low contact. Um, you know, you're still doing a lot of repetitive motion. Um, but yeah, the injury rate's pretty low on that. Uh, but even like a little bit of basketball, I still have a little, you know, uh, arthritis and things like that, some creaks here and there. But, uh, you know, football, the, the damage can be really serious, um, If even if you're just playing it uh, through high school or even college. Uh, so that one's just, you know, I, 
I don't know. I, I can't really. I, I would not be comfortable unless he was really adamant that he wanted to play, understood the risks, and things like that. But uh, it's not something I'm going to, you know, have him start early on or recommend for him, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's. I don't know. I I don't think the the risks are too great for it. I think there's more information coming out every day. Um, mm. And you know, even when I played. Um, the sport itself has changed. Uh, it's gotten much more competitive. Uh, I played a little bit when I was younger, but people keep getting bigger. Um, you know, even in high school, these kids are getting really big. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think you're seeing somebody that's 250 plus run at you and hitting you. That's not, (laughs) there's no, there's no way to protect yourself from that to make that safe. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, people are just getting bigger and faster. And so you're just mm-hmm. getting much more force hitting you all the time. So, I, you know, it's, um, it's a very fun sport to play. It's a great mm-hmm. sport. It's fun. You know, I even watch some games and things like that. But, uh, you know, for me personally, my preference is that I'd rather he not play mm-hmm. that sport. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's been very, very uh fun and engaging especially for me i feel like i've been schooled on a lot i still have a lot of questions but i think some of them might be inappropriate so (laughs) we're gonna talk to talk about those offline i guess (laughs) um yeah but it's been fun that's that's very very interesting um i want to follow up a bit on on some stuff so Mm. um this is where we are like thank you listeners for hanging out with us If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you listeners once again for hanging out with us today. We'd love to hear from you. We hope you enjoyed this segment and uh, reach out to us on our email at grace.kisirkoi at moneysmartphd.com. I will also leave that down in the uh, show notes. Thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day and uh, come back again and listen to us. Thank you.